0: Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help, there can be no greater service to our country, and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned peace corps volunteers if you like what you hear today be sure to connect with me over on instagram at my peace corps story on facebook by searching for my peace corps story and as always over at my peace if you've been listening to the show and enjoying the show head on over to apple podcast or itunes and please leave a review for the show five star reviews are extremely appreciated but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. And speaking of reviews, this week I would like to read a review not from uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes about uh, the My Peace Core Story podcast, but about my book, Service Disrupted, which was kind of the... The idea behind me starting this podcast as I was writing my book and thinking about my own story and wanting to make sure that I had an opportunity to tell other people's stories as well. So, the recent review over from Goodreads.com is from Karen Name, who says, four stars, which I'm completely okay with four stars. She writes, I read this within my first week at site. It helped me picture what service could look like and how unpredictable it could be. Well, I'm happy that you found some value in it, and that's what I tried to do with my book and also this podcast to just show um, all the, the good things that can happen, but also all those un- unexpected things as well. On this week's episode of the podcast, I talked with Gina Larson, who is currently serving as a TEFL volunteer in Kosovo. But she first reached out to me actually to suggest another person to interview, who I interviewed last week Betsy Gallery. So if you haven't listened to that interview, please do. But Gina and I talk about her service and this amazing secondary project that she started that you guys should definitely check out. So without further ado, here's the My Peace Corps Story podcast. This is This is this is this is, this is, this is my My Peace Corps Peace Corps. My Peace Corps. My Peace Corps story, story.
1: Story. Story. My name is Gina Larson and this is my Peace Corps story.
0: Hey Gina, how are you?
1: I'm fine, Tyler. How are you?
0: Uh, excited to to talk with you uh, because we've we've been chatting just for a little bit beforehand. Uh, but you are a a longtime listener of the podcast. Started listening before your Peace Corps service, and you are currently uh, in the midst of your Peace Corps service in Kosovo.
1: Yes, and you know I imagine listening to the podcast even after I'm a return Peace Corps volunteer.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully I I can. Keep this thing going. I have a lot of fun uh, listening to amazing stories, uh, like the ones uh, hopefully you're, you're going to be sharing with us soon. Uh, but we actually met uh, via Instagram, uh, as <laughs> as funny it is, as it is to say, because I'm pretty active on there with the My Peace Corps Story podcast and posting things about the podcast and other people's stories. And, and you have a project that, that you started on Instagram.
1: Yes, correct. I run a blog on Instagram called Artists of Peace Corps. Artists of Peace Corps is a submission-based blog where Peace Corps volunteers, returned Peace Corps volunteers, and even some local artists in Peace Corps volunteer sites send me pictures of their art, and I post it on a a page on maybe a daily basis.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you, you definitely have had a, a lot of posts and a lot of content going. I don't I don't know how you, you keep it up because uh, even even I struggle to to stay on top of it with the Instagram. You'll see mine kind of uh, ebbs and flows. Sometimes there's uh, a, a lot of posts in a week, and sometimes it's utter silence. Uh, but what an amazing way to share not only your Peace Corps experience but the uh, experiences of others via via Instagram. Which, as you said, you know you're treating it like a blog. It's a it's a microblog, a platform.
1: I like to call it a, a virtual gallery of Peace Corps art. Um, and, and, you know, I think art is such an important piece of so many volunteers' service. Um, whether, you are, whether you consider yourself an artist or not, I think art almost becomes a piece of everybody's Peace Corps service. Um, especially with language being such a barrier that Peace Corps volunteers have to deal with. I think often doodling becomes the best way of communication, or a lot of people are thrown into teaching positions, and when you're up in front of a classroom full of kids, you know you're using pictures up on the blackboard. So it's fun Mm -hmm. to have uh, a way to share art, to share something that everybody in Peace Corps uses to a large extent or to a small extent. Um, And and through the blog, I've really had a a variety of submissions um, from people who really seem like they are professional artists and to people who are just using art to pass time in their sites. For example, Mm -hmm. one girl sent me a submission of some comics she had drawn about the goats that live in her site in Senegal. (laughs) And, And they're just little doodles, but they're hilarious. And she asked me, can I submit these? Yes, absolutely you can submit these. I definitely want to see all goat-related comics that people are making all around Peace Corps. And it's also fun to see what people make with supplies from around their site. Um, A girl in Granada sent me some pictures of hand-painted coconut bowls she's made. Um, So it's cool to see the variety of sites the Peace Corps offer and the variety of people that fill positions in those sites.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know that art was a big part of, of my Peace Corps service, even though I was an agriculture volunteer working with farmers. But I did some projects on the side that were working with children's books. And I illustrated several children's books while I was in Burkina Faso. Uh, definitely, I wouldn't ever. I don't know if I'd consider myself an artist. I'm a glorified doodler, uh, but I also spent a lot of time mm-hmm. with with local artists in my community. Be them the the blacksmiths, uh, the tailors, the leather workers, jewelry makers, um, women who made pottery, musicians who made instruments. So I had a, a lot of art is wrapped up in my experience as a volunteer. So I think the work that you are doing is, is awesome. What a, what a fun project, um, to, to do sort of in, in your, your downtime, what a constructive way to spend your downtime as a Peace Corps volunteer connecting the broader community of Peace Corps.
1: And, you know, um, that, that's one of the things filling Free time in Peace Corps is one of the biggest challenges of Peace Corps, I think. One of the biggest opportunities and one of the biggest challenges. Because it's really hard when you're in a foreign location to create your own funds sometimes. Especially when you don't really know what's going on around you 100% of the time. <laughs> this project came from a time right after winter break where the teachers were on strike for three weeks. And instead of falling into the temptation of three weeks of Netflix binging, I decided to start a more productive project with my time. Um, and I'm really proud of what this project has turned into. The Peace Corps community online is a very loyal and supportive community. They really jump on Peace Corps-based pages quickly. Maybe you've seen also with your podcast. Um mm-hmm. And are very eager to see and support what other Peace Corps volunteers are doing with their time. One of my favorite things to see with the Artists of Peace Corps blog is all of the kind outreach I see from volunteers who have no idea who each other are, except for that they are sharing a common, maybe not a common experience, but the common experience of being in the Peace Corps a lot of comments, maybe from someone in Thailand, complimenting someone's art in Cameroon.
0: And I, th- I think that's why it's it's so fun with with your your project. And then there's a few other ones that are going on as well that are, you know, Peace Corps related that are run by current Peace Corps volunteers. And just seeing that that commonality of, of people who are currently serving or have served. Uh, around the globe, and just the the mere fact that we carry the title as Peace Corps volunteer, be it current or returned, uh, brings us together, and we have a sort of a self built community of of people that we want to support whenever possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very, I don't know, heartwarming almost mm-hmm. to know that. It, people understand maybe not the exact struggles you went through, but the those struggles are there and you made it through it and you all came out of it more well-rounded, worldly people. Mm-hmm. I, I know it, for sure when I meet another Peace Corps volunteer from anywhere, there is a sort of connection already. I mm-hmm. feel like I trust them a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. And I have to thank you uh, because I interviewed – it's actually – it's the interview that will end up airing uh, a week before this interview. So if, you, if you're if you a listener, you're listening right now, uh, the interview that I would have released last week uh, with Betsy Gallery, uh, I was put in contact with her um, because of you. I guess she had reached out to you. She found your project, um, and you guys connected, and you said, hey, Tyler – uh, I've been talking with this woman who has this uh, really cool story. She's got art from her service more than 50 years ago. Uh, how did you end up finding one another?
1: So when I was first starting this this Instagram page, um, I needed, if it was going to be a submission-based mini blog, as you called it, micro blog, uh, I, I needed submissions. So what I, I started really reaching out to a lot of return Peace Corps volunteer pages on Instagram. I was reaching out to a lot of other submission based Instagram pages like beards of Peace Corps or, Mm -hmm. uh, Peace Corps puts it gently. There's a lot of very cool pages. Um, just asking for people to promote my page and asking for people to ask their followers for some submissions. Um, and as this grew and grew, I was put in contact with the National Peace Corps Association. Um, and they actually featured my blog on their weekly e-blast. And then sure enough, just a few days later, in my email box, I got an email from Ms. Betsy Gallery. And she explained to me that she had some photos of old student art that she had from her Peace Corps service in 1964 in Cameroon. And on top of that, she makes mosaics. Um, And she had made mosaic copies of the student art. And then she asked me at the end, Tyler, can I send you pictures of them? Would you be interested? (laughs) Yes. What's definitely, I definitely want to see that. That's the coolest idea of a submission i've heard so far um and that's when i had the idea to put her in contact with you because i just thought it was the coolest story Mm -hmm. and it's really it's really cool to see how a modern secondary project like my instagram blog is discovering old peace corps gems of stories
0: yeah and and those are the ones that are always so interesting because as as you're probably finding you know I I tell I'll end up telling or helping to tell the peace corps stories of people who are relatively recent return volunteers maybe in the past decade those people are easier to find they're very active in social media they're posting as well you know you just search the hashtags rpcv peace corps and you end up finding them but it's those people who have these amazing stories who served at an amazing time that it's hard to hard to find them so i definitely thank you for saying oh this is a really cool story i I need to let tyler know uh it was a it was an absolute delight hearing all of her uh amazing and wonderful experiences
1: I'm also excited to hear her story all the way through. It's, uh, I'm excited right now thinking about it, um, and and it's so I don't know, Tyler. It's so interesting thinking about how old Peace Corps is as an organization, um, and how I don't think it it is struggling to stay relevant in a world that is becoming more and more modern. Mm-hmm. I think Peace Corps started as an organization, kind of as a an experiment of an organization, like is this something that that will work? And it's really grown into something that people know and respect. But mm-hmm. that's not to say that it's not going through maybe changes as an organization or, or changing in changes in service. Um, one of the big Peace Corps goals is also sharing the. The culture of your country of service with your people back home. Um and maybe you see this also with your podcast, but I think social media and the blogs that a lot of Peace Corps volunteers run now makes this so so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um and and, and maybe some other things about modern Peace Corps service. I think nowadays a lot more people's parents are or families are able to come visit their country of service. For sure that's happening in Kosovo. A lot of volunteers have had their families come to visit. And I think that also that also brings the culture back home in a different way than Peace Corps volunteers can. Mm-hmm. Me and my friends are all, you know, maybe I, I live in a bubble of friends and people who are just like me. But when my dad comes to visit Kosovo and brings all of the stories and things he saw here back to his mailman friends, that makes an impact in a different way.
0: Yeah, it's you know connecting with a, a community and a different demographic that you or the stories that otherwise wouldn't have been told uh, because yeah. how many how many mailmen do you have serving in the peace corps?
1: You know what I'm thinking, <laughs> probably not that many. yeah. <laughs> Um, and it was so funny. My my dad was here and my, in my... In Kosovo, we all live with host families. Um, and I live in a, a small traditional Albanian village in the mountains. And um, my host dad asked me if he should bring my real dad to the mosque with him for the Friday prayer. And I said, definitely, you should do that. Absolutely. Um, and it was so funny. My host dad was like, your dad got tired about halfway through. So I just told him he could sit down and my dad (laughs) comes back. He was like, man, they stand up and go down like 10 times. I got tired halfway through. I was like, it's fine. Dad, everybody else Mm -hmm. thought it was me too, but that that's an experience I could never have. But by me being here and by maybe living in a more modern world where plane tickets are easier to come by, um, that's also an experience my parents were able to have and we'll be able to take back with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a, a very interesting and exciting time to serve as a Peace Corps volunteer for a lot of the reasons that, that you talked about the access to techn- technology and to further live out that, that part of Peace Corps, you know, the, the third goal of, of bringing the the country in which you serve the the culture and traditions uh, back home you can start doing it before you're ever back home from via you know Instagram and blogs and youtube and and all sorts of medium and that one excites me and I think there's so much opportunity there some of that opportunity I actually feel is very underutilized and volunteers don't make use of those assets in the way that I feel that they should. Um, you are doing an amazing job. So uh, <laughs> congrats to you. But do you feel that at the same time that it might hurt some people's service? Because I always have to wonder, you know, when talking with Betsy, you know, she had this experience in the time of letters. And I've talked to other volunteers who served in the 60s that, You know, they never spoke to their family, but once a year, they wrote some letters and they were there in their community. Do you feel that it might be a little bit more difficult for certain reasons because of the access to technology? You always have one foot in your life back home while trying to be a member and understand your community that you're currently living in?
1: Yeah, you know, um... That, I think, is the hardest part of it. I think it's almost not fair to say, does it ruin your service or anything? Because the fact of the time is we have technology now and it's going to be utilized. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's fair to say, is it ruining people's Peace Corps service? Because it, it is your Peace Corps service and you should utilize whatever resources you have available to you to make whatever impact you, you can. Um, But what you're saying about the one foot in, one foot out is very, very true. Um, I think, does it tug on your heartstrings a little bit more to have all of that constant contact? Uh, Does it make it harder to focus on you, what you're doing in country? Maybe, I, I don't know. But this is, this is me and I'm serving in my Peace Corps service right now. So if that's, if that's the challenge, if that's the modern day challenge, um, you know, the people who served in the sixties also had challenges. So I don't know. I think you have to, you have to approach your Peace Corps service the way you can. Um, I think one of the core expectations for Peace Corps, don't, don't quote me exactly. Um, is you are asked to serve where you are put. Um, and, And I think the healthiest way to interpret that is you, as in who you are as a person, who you are as a volunteer, who you are as you and your talents, are serving where you're asked to serve. And that means... What's available at your site that's compatible with your talents and your personality? What people at your site are the people that are not only the change makers you should put effort into, but like the people you can interact with on a daily basis as friends? I think a lot of it is who are you and how does that fit into where and when you're serving? And other than that, you can just do the best you can with what other challenges are presented to you.
2: Mm
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's always trying to find that intersection of what is the need of your community and what are you able to provide. And as as you were, were were talking, I was thinking that you know maybe maybe a volunteer would have this idea that they want to serve how it used to be the good old days. But I think it would almost be even worse to to go into Peace Corps service now and shun that modern technology because you'd be living in a community where people are on Facebook. Like, your community members are using these technologies. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just the way of life. We're interconnectedness. So you're not going to gain anything by saying, no, I'm only going to write letters to friends and call home once every year. Like, that's not the world we live in.
1: and, And, you know, being so connected with other volunteers from around the world via this Instagram page, sometimes I also think is Peace Corps Eastern Europe the real Peace Corps service? Like, am I, I'm not getting the sleeping underneath a mosquito net every, every night experience. And, and that's another thing of being on so so connected with social media is you are also seeing what other volunteers have all around the world.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you're, if you're thinking site, site envy is an issue, within your own cohort within your own country imagine now everybody is connected to all the other volunteers in the world and some and and some volunteers are very talented at um are you still there
0: yes i'm 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 here i'm just you have me thinking because i i I never actually considered that no now I'm now I'm back in the United States, living a normal day to day life, and yes, I get into that habit of looking at Instagram and comparing myself to others and the things that they're doing, the places that they're eating and vacationing, and never considered that Peace Corps volunteers in their current state could be doing the very same thing with other Peace Corps volunteers. you know, maybe you questioning yourself, well, I live in an apartment with electricity and running water is my service any less valuable than look at this other person who is living in Togo in a mud hut? You know, am I less of a volunteer? I, I never even thought of that.
1: Yeah. And I think it is something that comes up in a lot of volunteers minds and you know, what is an extra danger of Instagram and how talented a lot of volunteers are in, in the use of social, social media is they make their sites and their service. They share the best parts. They make mm-hmm. everything look shiny. You see the beach pictures. You see the s- kids playing soccer pictures. Um, so that that also adds an extra danger is everybody else's social media profiles are only showing the beautiful parts of their service. While you are experiencing both the beautiful parts and the not beautiful parts of your own.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something to to keep in mind for for Peace Corps volunteers or anybody. And it's something that I've tried to counteract with the the podcast, but even that's so hard because people people are hesitant to share those negative experiences, and especially volunteers who have truly overall bad experiences aren't the type of people that that are going to come on my show. So all of all of my stories for the most part Tend to be on the positive side, people who had overall good services, but that is not the that is not the standard across the board. But it's hard for me to find those people because maybe they don't want to talk about their Peace Corps service, or they don't they want to move past it. They don't identify with the Peace Corps volu- as being a Peace Corps volunteer, given the service that they had. So I'm usually at a loss too that I end up telling a lot of more positive stories. And I, I mean, I had a positive, amazing Peace Corps experience, uh, but I also had hardships. So I, I try to bring out those questions, you know, when I'm talking to volunteers. Uh, But yeah, people like telling the good stories and also telling the stories of when they succeeded. No one likes highlighting their failure.
1: Of course not. Um, And, and I think that's fair. And I think it's still a very healthy thing to have a, a positive podcast about the Peace Corps because I love my service and I would recommend Peace Corps service to anyone who saw themselves doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if that's, and if that's what your podcast can offer or whatever social media blogs are out there about the Peace Corps, um, I think it's a personal decision. I think mm-hmm. the Peace Corps wants you to serve in your, pure, in your purest form. Push yourself, challenge yourself, but be you. Use, use what you like throughout your service to keep yourself happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's what I've really tried to do. Uh, music and art are, something that is, are, are two things that are very, very important in my life. Um, and in the school I'm teaching in, I've tried to work with a, the small grant assistance program to start developing a music program at the school. And we've got a whole new sound system now, some new musical instruments, and dance costumes. Um, and we're we're just starting after school. Some of the girls are putting together their own choreography. Uh, there's a, a small band that started with some guitars. I'm excited to see what comes of it. And then, on the other hand, I have this art blog started. Um, and I've even got to do a few... Instagram lives of some art galleries happening in Kosovo.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always just so much fun to hear about those secondary projects, those things that really allow you to bring in your personality and your interest, because sometimes, you know, Peace Corps, Peace Corps gives you a job and Peace Corps gives you a title and there is a certain degree of expectation that, you know, you have to be an education volunteer, a health volunteer, an environment volunteer, but also, you know, you, you love music and art or soccer, or I ended up teaching karate in my community uh, as a volunteer because that was something I was passionate about. And you get to have all these experiences because you get to make Peace Corps service your own and bring your own identity to your service and to your community.
1: I think it's one of the most unique and powerful parts of Peace Corps service is you have a whole organization supporting you in whatever project you decide on. You have your, you have your primary project and you are asked to do the best you can on that. But Peace Corps is equally as supportive of all secondary projects.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's, it's fun to be in a job like that. Where you are kind of choosing your 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 day to day duties on your own, and there's people out there not only trusting you to do that, but supporting you in what you choose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is a a unique experience uh, that is sometimes hard to to, to replicate post Peace Corps, but in 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 wanting to know more about your Peace Corps service and your time in Kosovo, uh, can you? Can you tell us a little bit about your community that you're working in, uh, in in teaching English and doing all these other amazing projects?
1: Yeah, so I live in a small, traditional Muslim community in the Shar Mountains. It's the furthest point south in Kosovo. Um, Kosovo's in, in the Balkans, so think down by Italy, Greece, Serbia, Macedonia, Albania. That's that's where I am. Um, it's interesting serving here because all, a lot of people have not heard of Kosovo. Even my dad, when I was first moving here, kept telling all of his friends that I was joining the Peace Corps and moving to Kokomo, like the Beach Boys. <laughs> no, dad, Kosovo, please. I'm not moving to the Caribbean. I'm moving to Eastern Europe. Um, it's it's not a huge community. Um The village I live in is only about 150 houses, but there's maybe 18 small villages right on top of each other. So it feels like a bigger village. Um, The school I work in is maybe a 15 minute walk up this very steep hill, but it's a gorgeous view the whole way up. And the school is kind of situated on the side of a mountain with this panoramic view of the mountains. It's gorgeous. Small school, only one class for every grade, but the kids are adorable. I teach second grade all the way up until the eighth grade. I used to teach the ninth graders, but they're bad, so (laughs) I don't have to teach them anymore. Uh, That does happen sometimes in Peace Corps service. My school director was looking out for me. He was like, you don't have to go back in there. That's okay. Um, I teach together with a counterpart. I love my counterpart. He's uh, an older guy, but we get along in a way that is almost comical. He's a a quiet, older guy, and I'm a very energetic, younger girl, um, but we get our classroom dynamic is perfect. I really enjoy my job. I never thought I would be a teacher. And I don't think I'll be a teacher after Peace Corps. But these two years teaching have been so special. Nothing, nothing uh, really motivates you to keep going in your job more than 30 second graders coming to give you a hug in the hallway. And one mm-hmm. second grader can't knock you down, Tyler, but 30 of them definitely can knock you over. <laughs> getting hit by a football player at that point.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the the family I live with, um, just grandma and grandpa, all of their, their daughters have moved out of the house. Um, we get along also really well. I think my language skills have jumped considerably from the time I get to spend with them. Um, my host mom really likes to tell me about what is going on in the Turkish soap operas on TV. I am an expert all of a sudden on Turkish soap operas, and they are wild. I didn't think I would tune in, but I'm tuned in now. I kind of want to know what's going on next week. Um, and my host dad is, is a really, really kind guy, um, intelligent. We get to talk together because he's a the geography teacher at school, and we walk to school together. And he's got bigger bigger ideas than you'd imagine than somebody who just uh lives in a small village he's really thinking about what's going on in the world, and that's fun to talk to talk with
2: mm-hmm.
0: and much like your dad and everyone else uh, I don't know much about kosovo uh, in in your community. What are the majority of people engaged in as far as employment? Are they are they farmers or some sort of trade industry?
1: So, it's a little more developed than that. Most you know think think normal jobs. There's there's doctors. There are people who are doing farming, sure, um, but teachers, you know, n- normal jobs. Um, the difference is is the youth unemployment is through the roof. Um, everybody my age in their, their 20s has a university degree, but there's no work. And w- what ends up happening is most people try to go abroad. There's mm-hmm. a large, large, large diaspora um, in Germany, Switzerland, and other European countries. And that creates a very interesting movement of people in and out of Kosovo. The population during the summer and the population during the winter are very, very different. Um, Because all of the family comes home during the summer um, and leaves during the winter, the village kind of populates and then unpopulates for a while. It almost feels like a ghost town during the winter. You walk by many, many houses that are only used during the summer Hmm. for returning families. And this creates a weird dependence, too. When there's family abroad who are making money, um, I don't know. It creates a weird economic situation. I may be not qualified to talk
0: about it, honestly.
1: But the diaspora is a weird thing to see moving in and out of the country.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine. And in working with the youth and, and, and younger people, have you had any conversations about this, or how they see their futures, do they see themselves wanting to to stay in Kosovo to be there to grow up, to have careers, or is everybody sharing a, a mindset of you know going to Europe and maybe coming back during the summers and back and forth, or what what are what are people that you're working with saying?
1: i think I think it is true that a lot of people see that their their best opportunities lie outside of the country um lie in in the west uh and it's it is it's sad in a way but it's not like they don't they don't love it here it's not like they don't want to stay if they can um there's there's family abroad it's a where it's a post-war country i think some people were there during the war as refugees and then afterwards uh and people started seeing opportunities there, Tyler. I don't really know how it all happened, but it does seem that a lot of kids see their best opportunities um, abroad. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope that they can channel some of that into because there's some smart kids. I'm I'm every day impressed by the the youth here. And they have great ideas, and they have great passion. And I hope they can channel it into something that can help their country.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so how how long have you been a volunteer? At what stage are you at?
1: Um, I'm a year and a half into my service, and I'm looking to extend, actually.
0: Oh, awesome. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. I really, really do love it. I love it here, and I love Peace Corps.
0: And, and will that extension, do you know if that'll be in your community or in a different community, maybe working more closely with an established organization or NGO, how are third years done in Kosovo?
1: Um, so right now Kosovo just has a TEFL program, um, as in you will be volunteering as a teacher in a school, but next year they're opening the community development program and bringing in, um, community development volunteers. So for third year extension volunteers, you have the option to move into more of a community development role of your choosing. Um, So I'm going to be moving out of the school that I'm working in and into the municipality of the school that I'm working in, working with the director of youth and culture.
0: Very cool. It's, yet normally when when i talk to people who have done third years it is either a continuation of doing what you're doing do you just you love it do you want to stay another year maybe you've got projects that are still in the works that you want to see out or they go to a new community but work at a more established organization at a different level so but what an opportunity to stay in your community stay working in sort of the same space, the same realm of, of education and working with youth, but now from a from a different lens.
1: And and this is why I think Peace Corps is such a cool organization, because it does really allow for volunteers to help their community and for volunteers to build themselves. Because I, I don't want to be a teacher for forever, but the Peace Corps is offering me the opportunity to develop myself as a potential international development worker there's they are seeing the work I'm doing now and they're trusting me to continue on and continue to grow myself Mm -hmm. and I
0: appreciate that yeah it's and I mean as you have said before it's a very unique job where you can one make it your own but have the support to make it your own and and get with it from it what what you really want. You know, yes, you are there to serve, but try to figure out the ways that you can make service work for your community but also work for yourself.
1: Mhm. And I think you have to open yourself up to have that happen in the best ways. Um, early in my service, my school director asked me if I would like to be a part of the youth festival dance competition. I am definitely not a dancer, and <laughs> no other time in my life would I have said yes to being in a dance competition. But this this was Peace Corps, and this was my school, and it was a good opportunity to get to meet people in the community and be a part of something. Um, and it kind of snowballed. I was a part of this dance competition. I got to be the person who stands in the center and just moves her arm. So that was easy (laughs) while girls danced around me. So best case scenario. Um, But it kind of helped me realize that dancing is something that people are passionate about. My school director is very passionate about. um, And it became our, our small grant project. So something I never ever thought I would even be slightly interested in participating in turned into something that I've given, helped helped my school create themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. They had the dancers, and they were crowdsourcing dance costumes from other schools or people in the village, but now they have their own set of dance costumes ready to go every year. And they have musical instruments for other students to play while they're dancing. It's it's a really, really cool thing to see unfolding before my eyes.
2: Hmm.
0: And it's all because you were asked to, to volunteer to do something, and you said, "Sure, why not?".
1: Yeah, and you know, we'll say it was a fine line between I uh, I was asked and I was voluntold,
0: but <laughs> that's yeah, that's how yeah. those things go. Hmm. Do you have any overarching thing that you have learned from your Peace Corps service? Be it about yourself, about your community, your relationship to uh, the world at large, is—is is there anything yeah. that you can really say that you've you've, you've taken away uh, from your service thus far? I know it's you've got a I guess a year and a half to go. Yeah, I got you some time Yeah.
1: Um, one of my favorite things I like to tell people, um, because I really feel it in myself, is Peace Corps has taught me the difference between. Naive confidence and mature confidence. I think it's easy to come into a country scared, but kind of bright-eyed and ready ready to do whatever Peace Corps needs you to do. You're kind of bouncing around, talking to people, but Peace Corps tests you in a way that brings you to, I don't want to say your lowest lows, but some of the hardest challenges I've ever had. Um, and you kind of emerge with a new sense of confidence, a new idea of maybe what confidence is because you lose, you lose confidence for sometimes it's hard to live in a place where everyday mundane activities are a little harder. Like taking the bus is harder here because it's a foreign country. Sometimes Mm -hmm. ordering a hamburger is harder because it's a foreign country. You don't even know what. Ingredients they could be offering you to put on top. Um, And and I think that does get to your confidence at a certain point. But it's cool to emerge out of that and see that after only a year, you can learn enough of a language and you can be you can observe enough of a culture to, to function comfortably in a foreign country. And that's very empowering. Mm hmm. Um and I, I value that Peace Corps gave me that as an experience, as a a piece of my confidence um, as someone who wants to move around the world in the future.
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: And and as you do continue to to move around the world, you you'll notice that a lot of those skills that you learned are extremely transferable. And for me I, I try to to say it is that I am now comfortable with being Ignorant, like I could mm-hmm. before before Peace Corps. I was very much at ease of of not knowing the situation, uh, all the conditions surrounding it, knowing all the choices that I had. Uh, but the outcome would be if I selected any of those choices. You know, in, in American life, you, you kind of know how things are going to go. But then with with Peace Corps service, I became very very comfortable just not knowing. What the hell was going on? Uh yeah. and, and being open to just being being ignorant and being having to ask questions and being like a naive child and there's a lot to say to being comfortable with not knowing.
1: Well they say that Peace Corps service is almost like a lifetime. You you go from infancy where you don't know anything, not even language. Mm-hmm. All the way up all the way up to I would say, maybe you do have a bit of a midlife crisis through service, <laughs> and then by the time you get to close of service, you are a seasoned retired, you know, old person. It feels like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I'm I've almost gone through a lifetime living here.
0: Yes, and I I've actually never heard it said like that, but you definitely do. You definitely start off as a child, and then you have midpoints that are kind of like a midlife crisis, especially, uh, once you're, for me, it was like nearing my service. It was like, okay, what do I do now? And, and really trying to figure things out, uh, for, for the next chapter. But it, there's a lot of growth that happens within those two years that I feel in, in normal conditions would have taken you a decade or more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's cool. It does, it feels empowering. I feel like a, you know, like in a video game when you're going through certain levels and your your character powers up a lot in one level, that's what mm-hmm. Peace Corps Service feels like to me. Like I've come out with a super suit on or something. Like I just finished the level where you get a super suit at the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I definitely feel... Feel that I've picked up a, a few uh, weapons and tools in, in my peace corps journey as well, and leveled up a lot. And I definitely wish you the best as you continue on your peace corps journey. I always love talking to to current volunteers, uh, just as we were talking at the beginning. Technology, how it allows me to talk to someone in real time about their service and to share their story, which is continuing to grow and continuing to evolve. Um, you're going to have many, many more Peace Corps stories, uh, that aren't going to be captured in this podcast. So maybe we'll have to reconnect, uh, after your service and and until the, the, the second chapter of, of how everything turned out and the transition to third year. Uh, but it has been been a delight talking with you, learning about your service, your project, uh, with you know, the Artist of Peace Corps on Instagram. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners before we close out the show?
1: Um, If I could just give a call out to the listeners um, at Artist of Peace Corps on Instagram, we are always accepting submissions, um, whether that be your own art that you created during service, whether you're a returned Peace Corps volunteer who is an artist. Um, if there are local artists in your site that you would like to share um, with us. We are always, always accepting submissions. You can send me a direct message on Instagram or email me, artistsofpeacecore at gmail.com.
0: Perfect plug. I was hoping you would do that. Uh, It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you and and just getting to to know you a little bit better. We've had some some back and forth via Instagram, but it's nice to to at least now put a, a voice to a face and hopefully one day we can meet in person.
1: Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Tyler.
0: And there you have it, another episode of the My Peace Core Story podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, uh, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, recently now on Spotify, hit that subscribe, follow, uh, whatever it is, so you get a new episode every single week when I release them. If you're interested in knowing more about my Peace Corps story, uh, head on over to Amazon.com and purchase my book, Service Disrupted. Just type in Service Disrupted. It'll pop right up or search Tyler Lloyd. Either way, we'll get you there. Uh, Have a read and learn a little bit more about my Peace Corps service. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours?